In 2 Kings chapter 5, we read of Naaman being healed by the prophet in Israel. That, that surprising gift that was given was not to one of the Israelites, but was rather to one of those dirty dogs, one of those heathen, undeserving. In fact, the commander of the army of the undeserving heathen dogs. Name it. Crazy thought, right? But not accidental because it's pointed out to us in the New Testament that there were plenty of lepers who could have been healed in Israel at that time and yet God chose to heal Naaman. After that glorious, glorious story of Naaman starting out in his pride and humbling himself and receiving that free gift of healing at the hand of God's prophet, Elisha. Elisha's servant, Gehazi, ruins it all. Gehazi, come on, man. Let's read 2 Kings 5, 15 through 27. Please stand for the reading of God's word. When he, Naaman, returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant now. And he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman said, If not, please let your servant at least be given two mules load of earth. For your servant will no longer offer burnt offering, nor will he sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Ramon, when I bow myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. He said to him, Go in peace. So he departed from him some distance. Now, if you want to hear sermon on that and the preceding. You'll have to go back and listen to last week's sermon. But we need that as context for the rest of this passage. So continuing on, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, thought, Behold, my master has spared this Naaman, the Aramean, by not receiving from his hands what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So, 
Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw one running after him, he came down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothes. Naaman said, Be pleased to take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothes and gave them to two of his servants, and they carried them before him. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and deposited them in the house, and he sent the men away, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said to him, Where have you been, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant went nowhere. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it a time to receive money and to receive clothes? and olive groves, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So, he went out from his presence a leper, as white as snow. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you very much. Lying is disastrous. Lying is terrible. Lying gets you in more trouble than anything else. Lying about God is even worse. And lying to God is far beyond that. There are a couple of stories that we get of lying in the Bible. Here's one of them, Gehazi. And why... Does Gehazi tell a lie? Can any of you kids tell me why Gehazi decides he's going to lie? He lies more than once. Why don't we pick one lie? When Gehazi is talking to Elisha and Elisha asks him, where did you go? And he goes, Nowhere. I didn't go anywhere. Why does he tell that lie? Yeah, Liam. Well, eh, he says so that Elisha won't take away the stuff that he got. I, maybe. 
I think there's a little bit more just, he doesn't want to get in trouble with that one. He does not want to get in trouble. So often we're tempted to tell lies so that we don't get in trouble, right? Does it, does it help him stay out of trouble to lie to Elisha? No, it does not help him, does it? It makes everything much worse. What's the other lie that he tells earlier, before that? Yeah. That's right. He lies to Naaman and says that Elisha sent him to, to get the to get some sort of money, right? But had Elisha sent him? No, Elisha didn't. Elisha did not send him. Why does he tell that lie? Yeah. Money, 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 money. He's got dollar signs in his eyes. Treasure. He sees a way that he can get treasure, right? Yeah. Does he get treasure by lying? He does, doesn't he? Was it a good trade? Oh, no, it was a bad trade, wasn't it? One little lie for lots and lots of money. But it was not worth it at all, was it? What is the end result for Gehazi? You got it, yep. Yeah, he, he got leprosy. And, uh, and you added a little bit, you said he had to stop being Elisha's servant. We don't see that here, explicitly. But there are implications that we should think about with regard to what it means to get leprosy. Okay? We don't, we don't think about leprosy very often anymore. Um, and so I don't think we really understand what it meant to be a leper, what what it meant for Gehazi to receive that curse. Elisha cursed Gehazi and his descendants after him with leprosy. And not just a little bit of leprosy, but a lot of leprosy. He went out white as snow. Okay, so who's white in here? All right. So no problem, right? Now, but all of you black people in here, would you want to be white? No, you like being black, right? Is that what we're talking about? No, that's not what we're talking about. Leprosy is a disease. Leprosy makes you... 
an outcast. Leprosy makes you separate from everybody because nobody wants to have anything to do with you anymore. Nobody wants you around. And in fact, you weren't allowed to be around if you had leprosy. It wasn't just that nobody wanted you around. You weren't allowed to be around anymore. You had to go away. You had to live separately. People couldn't have contact with you. So if we have Gehazi getting leprosy, we have to realize that that meant the end of his life as he knew it. His life was totally and completely and utterly changed from that moment on. Nothing was going to be the same for him anymore. Unless we understand this curse, unless we understand this punishment, unless we see it with clear eyes what exactly was going on here, we're not really going to get this story. Gehazi goes, gets money, comes back, gets leprosy. Hey, you know, I mean, if it's enough money, right? No biggie. No, that's not the way leprosy works. It's a big deal. It's a big problem. And it's not just on him, but on his descendants. What a, what a harsh, harsh punishment for one little lie? Well, okay, two. One really little. I mean, everybody lies when they don't want to get in trouble, right? I mean, that's just to be expected, isn't it? Now, if you look in your Bible at the beginning of verse 15, you might see a, a heading that somebody has added here. In my Bible, it says, Gehazi's greed. And indeed, we see Gehazi's greed in this story. But if I were going to put a heading on this, on these verses, I would not label it Gehazi's greed. I would label it Gehazi's lie. Gehazi's lie. And although we have talked about two lies that Gehazi told, we still have not talked about Gehazi's lie. What was Gehazi's lie here? Let's back up. Before Gehazi lies, Naaman is healed. Elisha sends him to wash in the river. Though it's doubtful at the beginning whether he's going to, he goes ahead and he's healed. His leprosy is gone. And so he does just what you would expect. He comes back to Elisha instead of just heading home. Right? 
he has some gratitude. He has some realization also that something major has happened. And not just with his physical body. He has, he has been taught something theological, hasn't he? He has been made aware that there are gods. And then there is God. And his life will never be the same from that moment on. And so he is only going to worship Yahweh, the Lord, the one true God from this point on. And with that, that theological truth, beyond just the, the washing of his body, the washing away of his leprosy, He comes back to Elisha. And what does he want to do when he comes back to Elisha? Do any of you kids remember that part? What does he want to do? Yeah. He wants to give Elisha presents. He wants to give gifts to Elisha, right? And Elisha will not accept anything. Now I ask you, what's wrong with Elisha? After all, wouldn't any good American accept a gift at that moment? And I know that we're talking about Middle Eastern culture being different and that whole, no, no, please take my gift. Oh no, what's a field between you and me? No, no, I insist, please take the gift. No, no, I don't want any gift. And we don't understand that culture, right? And so we, we look at the whole thing and, and, uh, and we say, well, all right, I mean, but we don't have that culture. Please accept a gift. Okay, thanks. That's our culture, right? Well, in that culture, we know that they do that. Here, take this. No, no, I don't need it. No, but really, take this. Okay, if you insist. But that's not what Elisha does. That's not what Elisha is doing. He is not, he's not playing through the cultural expectation of saying, no, no, I won't take it. And, oh, but please. Okay, fine, if you really insist, I'll accept this gift from you. No, it's just a flat-out refusal, a rejection. No, I'm not going to accept anything from your hand. Nothing. So why? There's a reason. And it's such a clear and important reason that it's central to the lie Gehazi tells. <clears throat> And it's so clear and obvious that when you get to the end of our passage, after Gehazi has gone and he's taken silver and clothes, and he comes back to Elisha, Elisha says, Is it a time to receive money and to receive clothes? 
And then Elisha goes off into la-la land. And olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants. Which, of course, Gehazi hadn't gotten any of those things. You notice that, right? He just got the money and the clothes. But, but you get to the end and Elisha asks that question, is it a time to receive all of these things? And then he doesn't answer the question or explain it. It's obvious. The answer is no. Elisha won't take any money and then when it, Gehazi, his servant, goes and takes money, <clears throat> he says, is it a time to take money? And since it's not, Gehazi receives this very serious curse. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow. It was instant. The judgment came and it was done. He was white. <clears throat> so we are left asking the question, why isn't it a time to receive money and clothes and sheep and oxen and olive groves and all the rest? Because that's, that's the center of this story. It bookends it, and it is the meat. Elisha refusing, and Elisha saying, it was not the time. That's the start and the end. And in the middle, Gehazi goes ahead and does it. What is the problem? Yes, it is a problem that Gehazi lies and says, oh, Elisha sent me. Yes, it is a problem that Gehazi lies and says, oh, I didn't go anywhere. And yes, it's absolutely a problem that Gehazi takes the Lord's name in vain. Did you guys notice that? Verse 20, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, thought, Behold, my master has spared this Naaman, the Aramean, by not receiving from his hands what he brought. As the Lord lives. He's, he's invoking the name of the Lord. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. As the Lord lives, I will do what I should not do. Think about that. As the Lord lives, I will neither eat nor drink till I have murdered that Paul. Well, you, you shouldn't murder him, first of all. And second of all, why would you misuse the name of the Lord your God that way? By associating it with evil.
Gehazi doesn't get what God is doing any more than the Israelites did when Jesus pointed it out so many years later. Are we going to get what is going on here? Are we going to understand the story of Gehazi? What Gehazi got wrong so that we don't get it wrong? Because we don't want to get it wrong. We don't want to be like Gehazi. We don't want to be making the same mistakes. We don't want to be sinning in that way. And so really, we have to be able to answer, why wouldn't Elisha take any money from Naaman? Why isn't it a time to receive money, to receive clothes, to receive olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants? <clears throat> and why does Elisha talk about all of the rest of that? Let's answer that one first because I think that one is easy. Gehazi took two talents of silver and two changes of clothes. Naaman is the commander of the army of the Arameans. <clears throat> Coming at the instruction of the king. Now, what is two talents of silver and two changes of clothes to Naaman, I ask you. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's a joke. It's a lot more than a joke to Gehazi, I'll grant. To Gehazi, it's a treasure. To Naaman, are you kidding me? He could have gotten olive groves and vineyards and houses and male and female servants and animals. All of this is at the disposal for sure of Naaman. But all of it together can't pay for what Naaman has received, can it? If you were to add all of that list together, if Gehazi had gone and he had exacted the right price, what would the price have been? What did Naaman receive? He received physical cleansing, yes. And for physical cleansing... The payment to a doctor who could heal that would be large. Very large. The blessing of Naaman, the commander of the Aramean armies, would not be wasted if it were poured out on a doctor who had the skill to heal leprosy. But that's not 
what Naaman received. Remember, yes, he received that physical cleansing, but what did he receive? He received a gift from the Lord. What Naaman received was cleansing from the Lord. What Naaman received was new eyes to see the one true God, his maker. And when Gehazi goes and he says, oh, we want silver for that, Gehazi is lying about God. No, God does not want your silver for his healing. No, God does not demand clothes. No, nothing that you give can pay for that. The only thing I can think of to compare this to, kids, that might help, is uh, <clears throat> something that we all kind of have to learn slowly as we're growing up about our parents. And that's that they love us and that there's no way for us to pay them back for it. There's no way for you to pay your parents back for how they've loved you. And if you try, you will be a wicked son. If you say, well, you know, I figure you spent about $200,000 raising me, so <clears throat> now that I'm making $400,000 a year, let me just pay you back. Okay, there, we're even. Well, plus interest, let me tack on another 150. What will your mother do? She'll cry. Won't she? Why? Because she knows that you have not received her love. That free gift of love that can't be paid for. And it doesn't matter whether you take two talents of silver and a couple of changes of clothes to, you know, well, I'll, I'll buy that. Okay, you want to buy your shoes? You go ahead. I'll just laugh. That's cute. I'll smile. That's nice. That's a good thought. But it doesn't pay for anything. 
God's gift to Naaman, it can't be paid for. There is no payment required. There is no payment accepted. It's free. And Gehazi, oh, to go after that and to say, oh, actually, you know, a, a little bit of silver and, and a couple of changes of clothes, then, then, then we'll be even. Oh, how wicked to lie about God. Because Elisha stands in the place of God in this story, doesn't he? This is something that we don't get very much we find it difficult to understand. But the prophets in the Old Testament, they are unique to us and, and they're doing weird things a lot of the time because they're standing in the place of God. And that's why we look at them as totally other, right? Because they hand out these, these blessings and these curses from the Lord directly. Just out comes, the, out comes God's word, right? And Elisha... Naaman comes, and, and what is the point? Go back. We've got to go back earlier in the chapter. In verse 8, when it happened, that Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent word to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Is it because Elisha thinks highly of himself? Yeah, and he shall know that Elisha's the man. No. What does it mean to be a prophet? It means that you're nothing. That you speak God's word, not your word. Your word doesn't matter. So when Naaman will know there is a prophet in Israel... He will know there is a God. And that's what he knew. That's what he came to know. That's what he received. And so is it a time to receive money, clothes, olive groves, vineyards, sheep, oxen, male and female servants? No. God's favor is not bought with money. God's word is not paid for with anything that you have. You remember Simon Magus? He got baptized, saw the work of God in the hands of the apostles. That when they laid hands on the believers, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Simon said, I'm ready to write a check for that. That's amazing. And the response of the apostles is, to hell with you and your money. And that's the curse that Gehazi receives. It's the same thing. 
But instead of Gehazi seeking to buy the power of the Holy Spirit, Gehazi is instead saying, oh yes, you can buy the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God. Why does Gehazi fall into that lie, into that sin? It's because of his greed. And because he falls into the same error that the Israelites fall into centuries later, that really God is not pouring out his blessing on this, this Aramean. He has spared this man, this Aramean. This Naaman, the Aramean. Bleh. He does not recognize that God has chosen to shame his people by pouring out his gift on a foreigner. He is God's people. This is the picture of how the Israelites don't see. When the Aramean finds out there's a prophet in Israel, his life is changed. Gehazi is his servant. He doesn't even notice that there's a prophet in Israel. He doesn't even realize that he ought to be concerned about telling a lie to Elisha. His life isn't changed. He doesn't see God's blessing being poured out. He doesn't care. All he realizes is, hey, uh, we're about to lose an opportunity at some easy cash here. That would be foolish. Let's go grab the easy cash. Gehazi is unchanged by seeing the work of God in spite of it being specifically poured out on Naaman the Aramean, yes, the dirty dog, the Gentile, the Aramean, the commander of the enemy armies, yeah, the, the blessing of God being poured out on him doesn't make no never mind to Gehazi. It doesn't bring any sort of concern. It doesn't bring any sort of thinking or of shame or of consideration. No. He's just ready to go get some money. Money is a root of all sorts of evil, isn't it? The love of money gets you. It gets you so easily. And then you're lying. And then you're lying about God. And then you're lying to God. And Gehazi can thank his lucky stars that he just got leprosy. Ananias and Sapphira, they're dead. 
And what was it with them? The love of money. How easy it is for us to love money. But you cannot serve two masters. Gehazi's master is money. Instead of the God who made olive groves and oxen and donkeys and houses and servants and has them all to give. Who do you worship? Do you worship money? Mammon? Or do you love God? And if you love God, don't ever make the mistake of charging for His grace. He gave it to you freely. You only have it because of His generosity. Not because you paid. Pass it on. Freely you have received. Freely you shall give. Let's pray. Father, how many, many good gifts you have given to us freely, generously. And how quickly we turn greedy, grasping, holding on to, not sharing. Oh, Father, help us, having freely received, to freely give. Help us not to love money. Help us not to lie. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.